Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke. We're going to just read this verse because I want to do a little bit of recap from last week. We're just going to read this first and then we'll pray. Luke chapter 11. We're going to read verse 34. The word says, the light of the body is the eye. Somebody say light. Therefore, when thine eye is single or clear, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body is also full of darkness. Verse 35 says, Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. Let's pray. Your Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for each and every soul that's gathered together here tonight, Lord, to worship you. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, as we break the bread of life tonight, God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint your word as it goes forward. Let, let, it, be, let it be seed to the sower, Lord, and bread to the hungry, Lord. And, I, God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way in the midst of your people tonight, Lord. Lord, open our ears, Lord, that we may hear. Lord, open our eyes, Lord, that we may see, Lord. Impart your word, Lord to us in a powerful way and make it a part of us, Lord, tonight, that we may be changed. In Jesus' name, we'll give you all the praise, all honor, and all glory. Amen. 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 You may be seated. The past few weeks, we've been talking about deliverance and how that uh, when we come to the Lord, uh, we all had lots of things that we need to deliver from. Somebody say amen. And when we came to the Lord that, t- that day, when we finally we finally found ourselves there at the altar of repentance, and we, we really reached down with a, really a deep repentance and poured everything out to the Lord. How many knows the deliverance came? Amen? How many knows that when we got up from there, uh, the Lord had set us free from everything that we, were, that we used to be, right? But the idea is that, uh, you know, as Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a, uh, out of a man, he searches around, he tries to find another place to land, and then when he can't find any place, he wants some rest, so he says, I'm going to go back to the home where I came from. So understand that all the spirits that left your life, all the, all the affliction that left your life, all the deliverance that you received, the devil doesn't want you to keep it. Somebody say amen. Understand that we want to be delivered from our sin, we want to be delivered from our affliction, but we want to stay delivered from our affliction. Somebody say amen. Now, how many knows that the, you know, Jesus told this parable, but he said that the, the spirit would come back and he would try to get back in. If he found an open door, he would come back in, right? He would find the place slept, swept and garnished, and he would bring seven buddies with him that are more evil than he is, right? Or she is or whatever it is. And, and how many knows that, that when, you, when you fall back, when you open a door and they come back, the Bible says you're worse. Jesus said you're worse. The state of the man is worse than the beginning. Somebody say amen. So if I, I would say, if you're not ready to change, I would say, keep your devils. Right? I, I mean, I don't say that flippantly. Like, I don't say that lightly. I'm just saying, if you're not ready to change, if you're not ready to stay delivered, you better keep, just keep what you have. Somebody say amen. But understand that 
what this reading here was, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about being singleness, having a singleness of mind, having a single eye, having an eye that, if you look up that word in the Strong's, we did that a few weeks ago, that, that, that means clear, that means working, that means in working order. And when you, when, not split, okay? Now, when you look up the word evil, it means darkness, okay? It means un, not working, that if your eye is evil, if it doesn't work, okay? If it's split, if it's, if it's not seeing correctly, okay, your whole body's full of darkness, now, how many knows that uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about being focused on truth, okay? Now, one way to, we talked about the woman in the synagogue, how that she was sitting in the synagogue. She was in church, and she had a devil. She had a, she had a, a spirit of infirmity that she had a long time, and she was all bowed over, okay? Remember that? And how that, this, how that Jesus saw her, and he delivered her from that. But understand that she was sitting in church. Or she, she, so going to church, just going to church is not going to deliver you from anything. Somebody say amen. But the whole idea that we studied the first week was focusing on how, how we got to love truth, how we got to seek truth, how we got to want truth in every, in every aspect of our walk with the Lord. We, we, need to, we need to seek truth. So understand that all, there's a lot of doctrines out there today. You just can't take, uh, it's not like a buffet or a smorgasbord where you, where you go up to it and you think, oh, I might have a rib and I might have a, 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 a piece of ribeye steak and I might have some this kind of potatoes, that kind of potatoes. Okay, this is not a smorgasbord where you can go and you can take, say, I'm going to pick this doctrine, you know, put it on my plate, and I'm going to pick this one from this denomination, and I'm going to pick this and pick this. Okay, how many knows that there's one doctrine that's correct, and that's the doctrine of Christ? Somebody say amen. So we have to understand that if we're going to love truth, we're going to compare everything that's taught to us or everything that comes across our path, amen, with the doctrine of Christ. We're going to test the spirits. The Bible says test the spirits to see if they be true, Right? Right? So understand that, that with the help of the Spirit, we're going to focus on truth, and that's going to keep a lot of the doors closed. Then last week, we talked about rebellion. Remember, we talked about Saul and how that Saul, uh, even though he, he had been when he had first gotten, uh, first gotten uh, called to be the king and anointed to be the king, that the Bible says that when he turned to walk away from Samuel, the Bible says that God, the Lord gave him a, a new heart. He gave him a new heart. It means he wasn't the man that he was before, okay? It says that he was walking down the hill with the prophets, and he began to prophesy with them, okay? And all the people that knew him before said, what's happened to this guy? Okay, what's happened to him, right? Now, anybody ever said that to you? Lord, what's happened to you? Well, hopefully they have. Amen? Hopefully. Hopefully they see a difference. But understand that Saul would not, he would not obey. Okay? And if you can't obey, you can't stay. If you can't obey, you can't keep your deliverance. If you can't obey, if you can't walk in obedience... You can't keep what you have, okay? Understand that Saul just cannot find, he cannot make himself obey, okay? He always had an excuse, always had something else that he was thinking, always had another agenda that was going on in his mind. How many knows that we can't have our own agenda along with the Lord's? We can't just have our own thing that we're cooking up, our own thoughts and everything, and just add Jesus to it, okay? Jesus is our agenda. Somebody say amen. But understand that walking in obedience, that means we walk in the light that we have, okay? We walk in when, when the Lord sheds light into our life, we walk in it, right? And sometimes it's hard to swallow. We talked about the, the times when I've been sitting on the pew and something's come from the pulpit that just did not feel good on the inside of me, okay? And, and you got two choices, three choices right then, okay? You can choose to obey it. You could submit to it and say, Lord, change me. 
Lord, I, 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 don't, I, I want, don't want this in my life anymore. Lord, change me. Okay? Or you can rebel, right? You can turn your back on it and walk out the door and say, hopefully I don't ever hear that come from the pulpit again, ever, 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 right? But we, we talked about what happens on that path to rebellion and how you find yourself, all the spirit, you know, we talked about uh, the, how the rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And that we, we looked up the word, and the word meant divination, okay? So we understand that, that you were seeking the spirit of the Lord to guide us, but when you're in rebellion, there's another spirit guiding you, okay? We, we, we talked, you might be thinking you're hearing from the Lord, but you're not, okay? And that, that, that's a whole different, that's a whole different uh, discussion. But understand that what we're talking about here is rebellion, all right? Now, deliverance. It comes automatically with deep repentance and obedience, okay? Because I, something that has been bothering me here the first, after teaching the first two weeks, and you kind of sometimes, how many knows we're our, we're our own worst critics sometimes? So I'm listening, I'm going over my notes, going over what I said and things, and I don't want you to get the idea that every, every person that's under, every person that ever tries to walk for the Lord has uh, devils, that they, you know, we've all seen the movies when, you know, you're, you're grabbing them and strapping them down, you know, and they're screaming, and, you know, you know, we've all seen, we've all seen the Hollywood rendition. How many knows we understand that deliverance comes automatically when we have deep repentance and obedience, okay? There's people that I've known that have come to the Lord and have had really, really traumatic lives and have been into a lot of things. And have, have had things happen to him, horrible scars on their emotions and on their life. But when they came to the Lord, they, 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 had, they came to the Lord in deep repentance. They rose up and they began to walk in obedience. And they required no special counseling. They required no special ministry. And they were delivered as they followed, as they walked with the Lord. Okay? But we all want delivered from our stuff. Right? I mean, he's got some stuff. <laughs> Lots of it. Amen. Lots of it. But understand that the devil's desire is to keep you with your stuff. He wants to keep you bound. He wants to keep you afflicted. He wants to keep you all torn up all the time so that you can't make any strides. How many knows if you keep somebody blindfolded and confused, you know? And you tell them to go get, go get something out of the refrigerator, it's going to be a little rough, right? Okay, you can't feed yourself blindfolded. And your hand's tied behind your back. Somebody say amen. So understand that the devil wants you confused. He wants you blindfolded. He wants you stumbling around. He wants you worried about things you shouldn't be worried about. He wants you upset about things you shouldn't be upset about. He wants you uh, messing around with stuff that should have been put away a long time ago. He wants you confused. He wants you bound. Somebody say amen. Luke, verse seven or verse chapter six, verse seventeen. Man, I don't hear very many pages turning. <laughs> Anthony's got the sound effects going. Like, <laughs> six seventeen. Bible says that he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of, of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed 
of their diseases. In verse 18 it says, And they that were vexed, somebody say vexed, with unclean spirits, and they were healed. Okay, now, that word vexed, you talk about, it's, ver, it's uh, number 3791 in the, in the Strong's. And it means to mob or to harass or to disturb or to trouble, okay? The devil's desire is to vex us, okay? He wants us disturbed. He wants us troubled. He wants us to feel harassed, okay? He, he wants to, he gangs up on you. He wants to mob you, okay? Somebody say amen. Now, Matthew verse, chapter 4, verse 24 Matthew chapter 4. I really want you guys to pay attention to these next few minutes because it might get a little thick, but it's, this is really good meat. Okay, how many likes meat once in a while? I mean, you can't survive on ice cream. Right? Not for very long. Not be very healthy. I mean, you know, you can, I guess you could. Not for very long. Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. Sometimes we need a little meat, a little protein. It says, and his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought, uh, talking about Jesus. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments. And those which were possessed. Now I want you to notice that word possessed. Say possessed. Possessed with devils and those which were lunatic. Now notice there that people that were possessed with devils and people that were had a little bit of mental issues. They're separated there. Okay, how many knows that there's people, not everybody that has a mental issue has a devil. Okay, understand that. There's people with injuries, have had injuries. There's people that have had things happen in their life. You know, they're born, developmental disorders and things like that. Understand that, that not everybody that, ha that has, so that's why that's separated right there. Said, said, and those that had the palsy and he healed them. Okay, now, that word possessed, okay. I want you to stay with me here. We're about to get real thick, okay? Everybody hear me? All right. Now, I don't usually go into this much detail in words, but when I saw this, it, it really just blew me away. As a matter of fact, this whole message, these whole three series, stemmed out of this right here, and then it grew backwards. Like it grew outwards and backwards. Okay, understand that the word possessed, it is, it is daemonizot. Demonosomai, okay, in the Greek. Now, understand what I'm gonna read you. What the I'm gonna read you what the Strong says, and then I'm gonna go to another book, and I'm gonna read you. It's gonna go in a little more detail, and I want you to stay with me because I'm not a scholar. Okay, I'm not a Greek scholar. Neither are you. I'm not even an English scholar. Okay, definitely not a Greek scholar. But understand, there's some good there's some good meat right here. It says. The, the description in the Strong says, in the, in the New Testament, there are persons with especially severe diseases, either bodily or mentally, whose bodies demons had entered, and so held possession of them as not only to afflict them with ills, but also to dethrone the person's reason and take its place themselves. Did you catch that? Accordingly, the possessed were not, what, they were forced to express the mind and consciousness of the demon dwelling in them. 
Let me read that one more time because it's about to get even better now. Okay, now listen. It says, these are persons with especially severe diseases, either bodily or mentally, whose, whose bodies demons had entered. I don't like the word demons. It's, the Bible calls them devils. Let's call them devils. Bodies devils had entered and so held possession of them as not only to afflict them with ills, but also to dethrone the person's reason and take its place themselves. So the devils dethroned, took the reason out of a person's mind, the spot where you, they reasoned, and put themselves there, okay? Now it says, and accordingly, the possessed were, it says want, but the, the whole idea is forced. They were forced to express the mind and the consciousness of the demons dwelling in them. Okay, now, wow, that's good, okay? Their thinking and their thoughts, not only their body was, was debilitated and hijacked by the demon, but their thinking and their thoughts were debilitated and hijacked by the demon. You ever seen movies where there's a hijacker on the plane, you know, and say, this plane is supposed to go to uh, New York, but we're going to, uh, we're going to Toronto, Canada, or whatever it is. And they have guns, and they say, we're taking over this plane. And now the old plan that was in place in this, the old hierarchy of, of the captain being in charge and, and the, the, the plot, the course, the flight plan, it's all out the window. Now I'm in charge. Okay, get the idea of a demon hijacking a person, not only their body, but their thoughts in their mind. Okay, now let's go on. Anybody ever heard of Thayer's Lexicon? Thayer's? T-H-A-Y-E-R-S. It's a good book. There's Lexicon. It describes this. Now, don't, I'm, I'm gonna, don't, don't, don't get too panicky. I'm not going to get too, too, I'm not going to force this stuff down your throat. Just, this, there's a big concept I want you to get. This word right here is a aorist, A-O-R-I-S-T, aorist passive participle. Okay. What does that mean? I'm still stuck on pronouns, right? Okay. <laughs> Aorist tense means there's it's a, a, a something it's a single action that's happened in the past, and it's a passive. Okay, now, so I l started looking up like, man, I gotta figure out what this means because I knew there was something there that I wasn't getting. So I started looking, and I ran across this guy. His name was um, Fred Fred Dickinson, and he was the doctor of something for Moody Bible Institute or whatever, but he explained this, this word. He says, number one, says when we look at this word for possessed or demonization, okay, and de demona, demonizamai, I'm not trying not to get you bogged down, just understand. It says, when we look at the root, the root is daemon, which indicates the involvement of a demon or a devil. Okay, that's the root. Okay. Second, there's a causative stem, which shows there is an active cause in this verb. So there's another cause that's causing the action in this verb. And then number three, the passive ending. This conveys the passivity of the person described as possessed or demonized. Okay, so put it, let's put it all together. Okay, this is a match words. Okay. The, the participle in its root there is demon uh, it's a demon-induced passivity, okay? So it's a demon controlling or at least partially controlling and making the human passive, okay? 
So, what am I saying? Understand that there are, have you ever been in a, in, a, in a situation where you felt helpless? Have you ever been in a position where you really didn't have the power over your own situation? Okay, understand that this is the idea that's going on in these folks that are possessed or demonized. Okay, now, like I said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want you to picture every person that, ha that has demonic influence in their life as being like from the exorcist. Okay, there's people walking and talking every day. Remember last week we talked about Peter and how Peter... In one, in one set of verses, he's getting revelation from the Lord. And a couple sets later, a couple sentences, verses later, uh, he's being rebuked as Satan. He said, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Understand that at some point in there, there was a departure where Peter wasn't in control anymore. Okay, because of an idea that he had in his mind. Understand. Now, the primary cause of deception and possession in believers may be condensed into one word, and that's passivity. Okay? Now, remember when I said there's three choices when you hear the word coming to you? You can obey it. You can rebel against it. Or you can do nothing. You can let it go in one ear and go out the other. You're not necessarily rebelling, but you're not doing it either. Okay? There's nothing worse than somebody that shows up when I was coaching ball, shows up to practice and loafs the whole time. Okay? There's nothing that got under my skin anymore. I don't care how much talent the kid had. I don't care how much, how much ability he had. I, I, if you can't give me anything else, you can give me effort. Right? So understand there's people that are sit in church. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, year after year after year, and sit there in a passive, blah state. Yeah, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Amen. Preach it, brother. You get what I'm saying? And understand that the cessation of active exercise, okay, stopping your active will from participating, okay, over your soul and your body, okay, it's essentially, okay, you're surrendered to God, but you're not surrendered to God. Because you're called to obedience. You're called to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word we're called to be follower we're called to be if you continue in my word then you are my disciples indeed we're called to action faith without works is what it's dead being alone as the spirit or the body without the spirit is dead right so you understand you could say you have faith all day long but if you don't have any actions going with it okay you've ceased to participate in your own salvation Somebody say amen. Now, Jesus said in, you know, we all know John 3.16. Do you know Revelation 3.16? Revelation 3.16. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. 
or I will vomit. You make me vomit. You make me ill. I can't stand the sight of you. Okay, he'd rather you not be here at all than to have the truth in your ears day after day after day and remain passive to what you hear. Not, not, not rebelling, not fighting against it, but just doing nothing. Okay, just not doing anything. Seeing the need, okay, and not doing anything. Okay? You, 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 ever, you ever notice that when Jesus is talking to all those churches in Revelation, he's on the outside? Knocking, trying to get in. Okay? Understand that right here, passivity is the third door I want to talk about. Okay? And understand that you, that you can't just be on the fence. You can't, you, can't just, you can't just sit in the corner and be pretty. You know, you can't go to the dance and be the wallflower. You know, remember, remember, go to the dance. You remember. I was never one of those guys. I was, I was a nut bar. But anyway, understand that passivity is the third door that we're going to talk about. Now, how many times are folks in churches, I don't know who, I don't know if you ever listened to other folks preach or anything, but you hear all these messages about telling folks that everything's okay. Okay, the Lord's in control. Everything's okay. You don't have to worry about anything. If you've prayed the sinner's prayer, uh, you're saved, and no matter what you know or do about anything else, there's no, you're okay. I saw uh, a very famous preacher. One time he preached in Yankee Stadium. And I thought I'd tune in and see what the old fella has to say. And I saw it, and he said, first out thing out of his mouth, I don't want anybody in this place. Now, think, now understand, the Yankee Stadium probably holds about 30,000 people. He says, nobody in here, I don't want anyone here to think God's mad at him. You know, right out of the gate, nothing to worry about. If you read his books, there's never a scripture. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. No worries. Understand that in a, in a war for your soul, any ground that you are not actively occupying, it's up for, it's up for grabs. The enemy. If you've ever read anything about war, that, that ground between the two, you know, you want to advance. And any ground, you turn your back and leave the, you know, you ever heard of squatters? You know, somebody that you own a property and you don't, it's empty and you don't really go there very much. And people find their way in there and they just set up shop, man, because nobody's there, you know. And according to the government, in some countries now, they have legal rights. Okay. Yeah, I've lived here for two years and nobody's ever said a word to me. So it's mine. Right. So understand that any ground that you give up, any ground that you're not actively occupying is game. It's fair game. Now, whatever ground you willing to surrender, he's going to possess it. Okay, remember, let's talk about Peter. He had false, remember, remember, remember that exchange? He said, uh, thou art the Christ, I'm the living God. And Jesus said, wow, Peter, that's great. You're receiving revelation right from God right now. Actively, you're receiving revelation. And upon that rock, you're, 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 thou art Peter. And upon that rock, that rock of revelation, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, okay? 
And you're, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound on, in heaven. Okay? Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loose in heaven. And Peter's probably like, yeah. Okay? But Peter had some, he had some false doctrine in his crawl. Okay? He had some false doctrine hidden in him because a couple of verses later when Jesus says uh, that I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to be afflicted, I'm going to suffer a lot of things at the hands of these men and they're going to kill me, they're going to crucify me. And Peter jumped up, speaking from his false doctrine standpoint, and he starts to rebuke Jesus. Now understand, the, re the rabbinic view of the Messiah at this time, it still is that way, that the earthly, that there would be an earthly kingdom, that he would, the Messiah would come and rule, and he still had that in his head, even though Jesus had told him many times. So understand that this ground that Peter had given up, Satan claimed it. And when he jumped up and started rebuking, Satan, rebuking Jesus, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't say, get behind me, Peter. Okay? This ground was owned, and he was, this ground was possessed by the, the evil one. By the enemy. Somebody, everybody's seeing what I'm saying. Now, understand that because of a counterfeit, uh, a counterfeit um, surrender to the Lord, you know, you can have counterfeit gifts in the Spirit. Somebody say amen. Okay, there's counterfeit manifestations that can happen in your life. Remember Saul? Remember? Spirit of the rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Okay? And it wasn't long. Saul was actually going to a witch, right? He actually went to a woman with a familiar spirit in order to get guidance. He didn't care anymore. Okay? So understand that those things are all on the table. Okay? Doctrines of devils. You could find yourself preaching something off the wall. You know? Who knows? But when the conditions are necessary for the unclean spirits, and I, this stuff here, I just started writing this stuff, and the Lord, this, this is just stuff that, that I felt, felt like the Lord was giving me. When the, when the conditions necessary for the unclean spirits to possess territory are right, and it doesn't matter how smart you are, okay? You can have all the degrees in the world. You could be a Greek scholar, okay? It, how spiritually powerful you have been in the past, okay? It doesn't matter what title you hold. You could be a pastor, you could be a deacon, whatever. It doesn't matter what degree of experience you have, what training you have. None of this is going to protect you from the counterfeit manifestations and the possession of those areas of your life. And if we aren't going to, be a, if we aren't going to obey and walk in the light, the devil's going to take that ground if he can. Somebody say amen. I said it last week, we aren't bubble boy or bubble girl, okay? We don't walk around because we've named the name of the Lord in our life. We don't walk around like Teflon, nothing sticking to us. We put ours, how many knows if you lay down with the dogs, you're going to make it fleas? Right? I don't care how many showers you take, if you go play in the pig pen, you're going to get muddy. Somebody say amen. So understand that we, we're, not, we're not wrapped in Teflon just because we're Chris, Christian. Okay, the, the situations that we put ourselves in, the things we expose our mind and our eyes to, the things we put our hands to do, the places we let our feet go, the conversations we let our mouth have. Somebody say amen. This cause open doors for, for, this to, for us to lose ground in our, in our Christian walk. When we put ourselves outside of agreement with the Lord, okay, 
We're, we're set up perfectly for deception. Okay, you put yourself outside of obedience. The minute that you put yourself outside, you rebel against something that you know to be right, you put yourself outside of obedience to the Lord, you're ripe for deception. And because you're ripe for deception, you're ripe for affliction. And if you're ripe for affliction and it goes far enough, you're ripe for possession. This is not, this, this is heavy. This is heavy, okay? And uh, it, 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 I feel grieved when I was studying this out. For me, I feel grieved for myself. The devil will do whatever he has to do to keep you passive. He'll keep you occupied. He'll keep you distracted. He'll keep all the problems, all the drama going on in your life, okay? Whatever keeps you on the sidelines. Because sooner or later, he's going to get that ground. If he can keep you out of your Bible, I was doing a study. I was studying a little bit of stuff because we were going to start studying some Bible history in, uh, in, in our other Bible study that we're having after Acts class. We're going to start studying Bibles and manuscripts and how, where the Bible comes from and all that. And I, I ran across a quote from a, a Jesuit uh, that said that their, their idea in infiltrating um, the Anglican Church in England was to distract all the clergymen with these big, huge questions that nobody can answer to keep them out of their Bibles. Okay, so understand, distraction, anything that will keep you out of your Bible, keep you from praying, keep you from seeking the Lord, keep you from obedience, keep you from actively participating in your own salvation, in your own sanctification, that's what he's going to do. Okay, because he's going to get that ground. As you start, how many knows you can't stay st stand still? You can't sit down and rest, okay? You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards because there's something you're pushing against. There's an enemy for your, of your soul. There's an enemy that's after you, okay? The Bible says that the devil walks about like a roaring lion, and he's seeking whom he may devour. Who may he devour? Those people that are trying to stay on the sidelines, okay? Those people not engaged, okay? And the, those people not putting on the armor. You know, you're putting on the armor, you're ready to face the fight. Somebody say amen. But that's who he's looking for. He's roaring. He's roaring, 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 walking around looking to who he may devour. Okay, so understand there is an enemy. If the conditions that evil spirits need to work is fulfilled, evil spirits will afflict and deceive the very elect of God. Understand, if you let your guard down, I don't care where you've been, who you've been, uh, how long you've been, uh, how smart you are, how strong you are, how much you have prayed in the past. You let your guard down, the conditions are right, you're, you're, you're right. Somebody say amen. True believers can be deceived if they don't have love and seek the truth. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If they allow themselves to be completely deceived uh, to that degree, then they can be possessed. Okay, the ground in their life, there's ground that can be possessed in their life. Deliverance. Requires the active exercise of your and my will in reliance on the strength of God. You have to keep steadfastly, actively participating in our own sanctification. Okay, it's not by our might, it's by the Spirit. But we have to be engaged. Okay, we have to be actively participating. Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, you're participating with the Spirit of the Lord in your sanctification. It's not willy-nilly, oh, whatever comes down the pike, you know. It's you're actively seeking the Lord. You're actively seeking to be sanctified. Because 
At one time or another, you gave consent to do what you weren't supposed to do, right? Okay, you made the decision to do that. So you have to actively, steadfastly make the decision not to do that. And I'm talking about it's act, it's a decision. Okay, you can't you can't just say, well, the devil, you know, the devil's just been fighting me. What have you been doing? What have you been into? What not? What have you not been into? Okay, understand the devil gets a lot of credit when. When we we're when a lot of times we just lay our stuff down and go take a rest, or or choose to put it put our stuff down and go do something that we're really not supposed to do. Come on, somebody say amen. Uh, so then you have to steadfastly consent to the working of the Spirit in your life by your active obedience in that area. The person who wants deliverance has to actively participate. It's active. Okay, there's things that you have control of, right? That you have control of how you spend your time, at least to a certain degree. Okay, you got to go to work, right? You got to sleep, you got to eat. Okay, but you got you have control of your time. You have control of what you do with your work, with your energy, right? Lots of folks want help. Lots of folks want help, but they don't want to do anything. To help themselves. Okay, how many's ever said, Oh, somebody pray for me? And there's nothing wrong. There's no. But the, what's, the, what's the Bible say in James? If any man be afflicted, what's it say? Let him pray or her pray. Understand you have a role in dealing with your affliction. And if every time you feel afflicted, your uh, thought is to, curl up in the fetal position and wait till it passes, you're, you're never going to get out of it. Understand it. Please understand it. you got to be actively seeking. you got to be actively combating this stuff. Somebody say amen. There is a, there is a, a role of, the, of, a, of a man in your life or a preacher or a pastor. There is a role. Okay? But a lot of times you say, folks will say, well, can you fast and pray for me for, for my deliverance? Well, that's good. Okay, for us to fast and pray. Remember, Jesus said some things don't go out, but by prayer and fasting. But how about you pray and fast also for the Lord to show you the open door that's in your life so that you're dealing with this affliction over and over and over. Come on. Because there's nothing, hey, there's nothing. If you're putting in the work and you're coming to the pastor for prayer, this is going to be easy. If he's doing his work and you're doing your work, Two can put 10,000 to flight. The Bible says one can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. So understand this. You don't have to be afflicted if you don't want to be. Now, affliction is going to come. Jesus said it. He said it, it's appointed to you, okay, to, to suffer tribulation and affliction, okay? But be of good cheer. I've overcome it all, okay? So understand it's going to come, but you don't have to stay afflicted. And it doesn't have to keep you occupied away from your own personal uh, pursuit of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Man, this is hard to get out. Whew. Am I making any sense? Because it's a lot, I understand. Understand that the Lord dev does all the heavy lifting, okay? We, we don't have to worry about uh, 
be having all the authority. We only have authority because he has authority. Somebody say amen. And if we're submitted to his authority, then we have authority. We talked about authority in Tuesday night in ass class, okay? Understand, if you're walking around, if you've got a warrant out for you, okay, warrant out for your arrest, you've got to be real careful when you're out and about, right? Okay? You, have no, you don't really have freedom, okay? You can't, you can't be seen with certain people because you know they're going to get checked out or whatever, okay? There's certain things you, you know, if, Understand, if you, you live that way, Okay, do you have any authority in your own life? No, absolutely not. But if you submit to the authority, get that thing taken care of, pay the month, pay the fine, serve the time, whatever it is, you get that thing taken care of and you're on the right side of the law, then you have more authority in your life to do what you want to do. Somebody say amen. So by submitting to authority, you gain authority. Okay, by submitting to godly authority in your life, and that means from the top down, God, your pastor, Your husband. How many knows submit submission doesn't mean you're a servant? <coughs> Excuse me. Submission means you're acknowledging the gifting in somebody else's life. Okay? We acknowledge our pa- pastor's gifting as a pastor, so therefore we submit to his gifting as a pastor. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. It doesn't mean that we're we're all we're all servants to him. Okay? Somebody say amen. Please tell me you understand that, okay? A, a teacher, somebody that's a teacher, you know, you, you're only submitting to that gifting, okay? Right? Your husband, he's, he's your husband. You're submitting to him because he's submitted to God. Somebody say amen. <coughs> this is how we gain authority in our life. You don't have to spend your time in the tombs naked and in chains to be afflicted by devils. You know, we all have that picture in our mind. Um, There's a lot of people that can't sleep. There's a lot of people that have turmoil in their mind and their life all the time. There's people that have family drama over and over and over and over. Understand that you can, there's a continuum. You can be a little bit afflicted. Or you could be a lot afflicted. Understand that. Understand that whatever you ground you give, he will take. If you're not actively holding it, if you're not actively in pursuit of the Lord in that area, he'll take it. John seven seventeen said, if, if any man will do his will, it says do his will. It doesn't say if any man will hear his will, if any man will think about his will, if any man will think about doing his will. If anyone will plan on doing his will, it says anyone that will do his will shall know of the doctrine. Okay. You, you do first, whether you understand or not. Somebody say amen. Bible says in, in Proverbs, it says, uh, is it, uh, commit your works unto the Lord and he will establish your thoughts. Okay. So understand the works happen first. The doing happens first. It says, uh, it says, if any man would do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He will know, because we'll know, we'll be doing it, we'll experience these things in our life. We'll know the doctrine is of the Lord, right? Because we'll experience, we'll have power in our lives, right? This is true deliverance. 
This is how you live that way. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, brethren, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your, but what you do with your body is important. Where you take it, the things you put into it, the things you let come out of it. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's only reasonable. It's not, it's, it's not saying this is great, wonderful service. This is reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. We're not supposed to change to fit the world. We're supposed to be transformed in the image of the Lord. Some may say amen. We're, be not conformed to this world. We, we can't, we, the norms of the world are the norms of the world. And when the norms of the world have no place in here, it has no place in here. Okay, we, we, can't, we can't apply those standards to here. We can't do it. Okay, we're not male or female here. We're not black or white. We're not, you know, we, we are all brought nigh by the blood of the Lord in here, right? We can't, we can't think about, we can't conform or conform to any of the norms that are out there. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, okay? Every day, every day, every day. Lord, renew my mind. Lord, let me do right today. Lord, let me see a little more of you today. Lord, I, I want to be, I want to submit to your will today. Best thing in the morning, get on your knees. Lord, today, I'm choosing to serve you, okay? Lord, be with me today. Lord, renew my mind today. Lord, all the things that were yesterday, if I failed yesterday, Lord, forgive me. Lord, today, let help me. Lord, by the power of your spirit, Lord, to be what you want me to be today. Okay, renew me today. Renewing of your mind so that you may prove. You'll prove it. You'll prove the acceptable will of God in your life. You'll prove it because you'll be doing it. Somebody say amen. There's all kinds of bound and there's all kinds of ways to be bound. Um, do you know if you can't, if you don't have any trouble jumping up and cheering a Buckeyes touchdown, but you have trouble singing in church, you're bound. If you, uh, now I'm not, some people are shy. I'm not saying, you know, not everybody's the same. Not everybody has the same abilities. Not everybody has the same personality. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you can't worship from your heart, when you come to when you come to worship the Lord, if you can't sit down, turn on some music and worship the Lord by yourself or with a friend, okay, you're bound. Okay, worship is necessary. When we come in here, we don't just sing the songs because they're pretty, or we like to hear the girls sing, or we like to hear the drums. Okay, we worship the Lord. In order to usher his spirit in here. The, or actually the spirit that's in us. Stir it up. Because we brought the Lord with us. We should have. Okay. So when we come together. The spirit is already here. Okay. So we start to worship him. Start to lift up his name. No matter what happened to us today. No matter what happened uh, last week. Or whatever's got on our mind. In spirit and the truth. We want to lift up your name right now. Lord. So you can help us Lord. In this, in this service. Right. So we come together and we all start to sing a, a song and we all start to sing it with our heart, okay? I, I don't, I'm not a dancer, okay? But I, I don't mind people dancing. I've seen it lots of times. I'm not a runner, but I've seen people run, okay? I'm a crier, 
When I worship, I'm a crier. Okay, that's just how I worship the Lord. Okay, there's a lot of people that worship the Lord different ways. I have no problem at all. If you're worshiping the spirits and the truth and you're, you're not bound by it, hey, more power to you. Okay, but understand, if you can't worship the Lord, you need deliverance. There's something in you that's, that's fighting against that. Somebody say amen. amen. There's a guy named Legion in Mark chapter 5. Let's, let's talk about it for just a second. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I want you to see something here about worship. Mark chapter 5. We'll start in verse 3. He said, talking about this man. Uh, we'll read verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. And who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because yet he had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Sounds like a, sounds like a person that has, he's afflicted. Right? He's tormented. Okay? Have you ever known somebody that was a cutter? That's an affliction. Okay? That's a devil. It says, cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, okay, this is the guy that spends his time naked in the tombs. Spends some time naked in the tombs, crying. They can't can't chain him down. He can't keep clothes on. He's cutting himself and crying. And but when he sees Jesus, he ran and worshipped him. And then in the next verse, the devil takes over. That's in him. One of them. It says, "And when he cried with a loud voice, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, Son of the Most High God?" I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Okay. Understand that this guy, although as demonized as he was and as controlled as he was, still ran to the feet of Jesus and started worshiping. Okay. If you can't worship the Lord, you're bound. Okay, if you don't want, if you, if you want, if you say you want freedom from your things, but you can't worship the Lord, um, I'd have to question that. Somebody say amen. amen. This guy is as bound as anybody. This is an extreme case. He's as bound as anybody ever was. But reason why Jesus sees, he, reason why he gets help, he runs to Jesus and worships him. Then the devils take over and start talking, you know, but he gets clean. He gets, he gets help, right? Understand, folks, we got to start participating. We got to stop being just hearers. Okay? The things that we're hearing in here, we need to put them into practice. Like they, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're in school and they're te- training you how to do something, there comes a time when you got to do it for real. I remember when I went to nursing school, okay, we practiced codes. Okay? And we're laughing and having a good time practicing codes on a dummy. But there was a time that it was for real. And I was expected to know. Okay? Understand, we got to be able to put this into practice. Like there's somebody coming along behind you right now that needs you. There's somebody coming along behind you that needs what you have to say. That needs where you've been. That needs to know what God has done for you. 
And understand, if you're still running around in circles, chasing your tail, and messing around with things you shouldn't be messing around with, you're not, you're not anywhere near being able to help anyone. Somebody say amen. We can't live our life afflicted. Okay, we got to, at some point, we got we to gotta start to be victorious. Somebody say amen. Because Jesus overcame. He said, I have overcome the world. I've overcome all that. And either you want to be victorious or you, do, or you don't. Somebody say amen. I've had hard times, man. I understand. I've had turmoil in my life. Most of it caused by me. But I've had it. I, I've had it in my life. I've had it where I couldn't sleep. I've had it where I wake up out of, out of the little sleep I got with a, the weight of the world, anxiety on me. Couldn't hardly breathe. Felt like just, just uh, 100, 300 pounds on my chest. Like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, I couldn't function. Okay, I've been there. Understand. That's torment. And there's times when I had to call people and say, pray for me. I couldn't pray for myself. But understand, there was a day. Because I tried to walk with some obedience, there was a day that came when I started to feel that come back. And I was able to rebuke it myself. There was a day that I, that, that I was able to fight that thing off by myself by just being obedient, by just getting on my knees, just calling out to the Lord, saying, Lord, look, I'm, I'm walking in truth. I'm being obedient. You said, I've got the promises. I've got you, the power of the Spirit to work in my life. And I'm telling you, I don't, I don't need anybody else praying for me right now. I need to pray for myself. There comes a time when, when little boys and little girls got to put on the big boy pants and time to stand up and start to take control of their own situations and start to understand that it's time to put it behind you. It's time to be done with it. It's time to be done with that part. We keep, we, you know, and if I'd have kept entertaining that, if I'd have kept feeling sorry, because there's a place that you get in your mind where that's part of you. And, and the fact that when people, people look at you and they see you, you kind of want them to see, you know, the kind of weight that you're carrying. Okay. So they'll either not talk to you at all. Okay. Or come up to you with all kinds of, of, oh, you know, you're going to be okay. Come on. There comes a time when we, we got to put it away. We've got, we cannot live in that. There's nothing, there's feeling grief is, is that happens. Okay. Having depression, having, having, having some heaviness come into your life and feeling like, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, not everything is rainbows and lollipops, right? Okay, but understand that we don't have to walk around all the time. When you start to feel that coming on, you know when it's coming. You, you, you've seen, you've been through the cycles enough. You see it, you see the, the, the stuff coming down the pike. You know what kinds of stuff does it to you. Okay, you see it coming. That's when you need to start praying is when you see it coming. And understand that there is a way. There is a way that you can live victoriously. There's a way that you can all of a sudden stand up on your own two feet. Okay, and be accounted. Okay, and then the, the next time you're going to have a little more strength, and the next time you're going to have a little more strength, and the next time, and I'm not saying you're never going to need prayer again from somebody, but what I'm saying is there's times when we could take care of ourselves a little bit, right? Somebody say amen. We don't have to curl up and, 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 and hide from this, we don't have to hide from Him. Okay, we have power. We have power. Okay, I've been redeemed, I've been cleansed, I'm not who I used to be. Somebody say amen. Stand with me, if you will. There's victory, folks. There, there's victory. And there's true deliverance. And I mean, 
there is true deliverance. Um, we were talking the other night in class, and, and my dad was in class. He'd been coming to class. It's been a big blessing to everybody. And he brings a wealth of knowledge, wealth of experience. He's been a lot of places. He's dealt with a lot of things. And he was talking the other night about how that his deliverance, it just came. Okay? Amen. We can experience deliverance, okay, through true repentance and obedience. You believe me? Do you believe the word? We don't have to we don't have to we don't have to live under those clouds all of our life. We don't have to live under that under you know, one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. We don't have to live that way. Okay? We can live victoriously. We can live victoriously by getting in the truth, okay, by being obedient, putting the rebellion away. And number three, by not being passive anymore, okay, we got to take control, okay, we got to be, we got to, we got to actively participate in our redemption, in our sanctification, in our healing. Okay, we got to actively participate, helping, you know, be, the Lord's going to do the work. Okay, but you got to be present. Somebody say amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this night. Lord, I thank you for each and every person, Lord, that's gathered here tonight. Lord, I thank you for each and every soul, Lord, that wants to do well, Lord, wants to do better, wants to experience healing. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would let us understand, Lord, that deliverance is a, is a walk. Deliverance is a process. Deliverance is a lifelong thing that we can live in. We can walk in. We can experience over and over and over in so many different areas. And that you care about every aspect, every facet of our existence. You want to be involved in every area, every aspect of our lives. There's not one aspect of our life that you don't care about. God, I pray, Lord, that you would let us see it. And let us see that you want to be involved and in, in, in active in each, in each place in our life, in our heart, in our soul. All the injuries, all the darkness, all the places that we don't even want to go, Lord. Lord, help us to open those things to you, Lord. Help us to open those places that, that, that we try to hide, that we try to keep from you. God, I pray, Lord, that we can walk in the deliverance that you have meant for us to walk in. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, there's... I heard an analogy one time that the, there's every year or every so many years I elect the mayor of Chicago. And the mayor of Chicago is the mayor of all of Chicago. But is, the, is he or she really the mayor of Chicago, all of Chicago? Because there's places in Chicago that even the cops won't go. So, yeah, in name, they're the mayor of Chicago. But... Are they really mayor of all? Now, Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. And that means all of your life. Even the places that the cops don't want to go in your life. Okay? How many knows that we can have injuries and darkness and places that we're kind of ashamed of and we can kind of build a wall around it, keeping a little neighborhood off to the side, you know? And, you know, uh, whenever somebody comes to visit Chicago, they don't want you going down in, in the bad parts. And they want you to see all the shiny you know, the shopping district and all that, you know. And that's all great and good, you know. A lot of us clean up good on the outside, right? But there's darkness that needs to dress.
if we're ever going to be experience deliverance, if we're ever going to experience wholeness, because there's as long as we have those areas that we keep him from, the devil's got a place where he can put his foot, his finger. You ever have a bruise and somebody knows about it? You know, when we were kids, you know, you see you push on, ah, you know, you have an injury and they know, somebody knows where it is. You ever, you ever know somebody's buttons you can push? Okay, the devil, whenever we have these areas of our soul that are, that are injured, okay, he's got a button he can push. And if every time he pushes it, you curl up in a ball and hide, he knows he's got you exactly where he wants you. Take yourself out of the game, coach. I'm hurt. Take me out. Okay? We got to be aggressive. We got to be, we got to be willing to do what we can. In some areas, we're not going to be super strong right away, right? Takes healing, okay? But we can stand up, okay? We can we can go to where the help is, or try to. Somebody say amen. We got to get light in all areas of our life. I've got, I've got man. The Lord's dealing with me about some things, and you know stuff I didn't even think about, you know, thoughts and feelings, or you know resentments, you know, unforgiveness that you have, you know, about people that you don't even ever see, okay? But that, that, that kind of stuff needs light shined upon us, okay? We need, we need to repent of those. It needs taken care of so he can be the Lord of, of our whole life. Do you know he wants to be involved in every, there's not an aspect of your life that he doesn't want to be involved in and that he can make more full and better? Do you know that? But it's called, you got to take all down all the walls and let him in. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.